0: Hey guys, Henry here, and I'm excited to tell you all about MSU Denver Online. So if you guys know of the Metropolitan State University of Denver, uh, its, its campus is right across from the Pepsi Center in downtown Denver. But... They also have online programs and hybrid programs, uh, forty over forty actually total of those two combined. Uh, somewhere it's totally online. Somewhere you're part time in class, part time online, um, and they actually have over seven hundred and fifty classes that you can take uh, that are at least in part online. Um, it's it's incredible stuff, um, and there's so many reasons for you guys to consider MSU Denver. Um, If if you're interested in taking a couple more classes, um, one of the great perks is that 80% of MSU Denver alumni are right here in Denver. That means if you're in Denver and you're looking to get a degree, but maybe not leave this area, there will be a lot of connections that you can make right here. Um, they've, they've received the federal designation of Hispanic serving institutions. Um, approximately half the students are the first in their family to attend college. Uh, there's so many stats that they take pride in. Um, and, and there's so many different things you can do. You can study health professions, um, cyber communications, uh, human development. Um, it, it really can offer whatever education you need to take the next step in your life. Um, head to msu.denver.edu/online to check out all the great programs and all the great classes that they offer and do it today. I think you'll be pretty impressed by what you find. Welcome in to the DNVR Draft Podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine and Spirits. Uh Davidson's has two locations, one in Centennial, one in Highlands Ranch. They're locally owned, they have a massive selection. They Uh, They have a bunch of Breck brews, which is incredibly important to all of us at DMDR. Um, And the best part is they really know their stuff. Uh, With all of the stuff going on in the world, they uh, have switched to solely curbside and delivery um, options. So you, you can't go inside and pick stuff out, but you can order through their app. And that's what you should be doing anyway, because if you sign up for their loyalty program, you'll get a whole bunch of special deals just for you in your app. Um, So definitely pick that up. Get yourself some delivery or go pick it up. Order through the app. Incredibly convenient. And uh, it's at a discount. So why not? All right. Um, We are in now to the draft podcast. Um, I'm here, Henry Chisholm, with Andre Simone talking about what the Broncos are going to do in the draft this year. Um, To get things started, though, um, before we start talking about what they should do at the end of the draft and the different situations they could be in, um, there was an interesting article that was written at Bleacher Report uh, today, uh, Sunday, and we want to talk about that um, really quickly. So this is Marcus Mosher, and I believe ten of the most likely trades that you could see in the top ten um, in the top ten picks of this year's draft. Um, So it's really interesting. Um, Let's just jump in. Um, All right. The first one they have listed is the Bengals trading the number one pick to the Dolphins. So the way this is work would be the Uh Bengals sending the number one pick to the Dolphins for number five, number 18, number 56, and the Dolphins pick next year. Um, So to move up four spots 18, 56, and next year's first. What do you think, first of all, of that value? Um, for the number one pick?
1: Uh, I'm trying to figure it out right now. Yeah, I mean, that's steep. That's steep. Having to throw in that, that next year first, you're paying a premium price. But obviously, to make a blockbuster trade like that, you're not just necessarily going to be able to go off of the uh, just the trade value chart. You're going to have to throw in something extra, make it extra spicy, and, you know, this is one top five pick, another first round, two first rounders in addition to that top five pick, and then a borderline top 50 pick, still a second round pick. It's a really steep price, but that's, you know, if you want Burrow instead of any of the other quarterbacks, I mean, it makes sense that that's what you'd pay. And I almost wonder if a team like the Bengals might, consider something
0: yeah I mean what do you think the Redskins or the the Bengals would do here Um, I think it's interesting because they are also potentially in the market for a quarterback Um, you know if 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 you both like Joe Burrow um, and you're sitting there as the Bengals and you have to switch up instead of getting Joe Burrow you get Tua, you get pick 1856 and the first next year do you take it
1: well, and the talk was always that at the senior bowl, the Bengals really liked Herbert. I mean, we've talked about this before, right? Yep. So, I mean, maybe you move down and still get a guy that you like and you're able to, to put a, a nice team around him. I think that's, at the end of the day, as great as Burrow is, that's kind of the move here is both the Bengals and the Dolphins would rather those three first rounders and that second rounder over Joe Burrow like as great as Joe Burrow is yeah if you take care of business especially if you get two at five um and he's healthy I think you can make out like a band.
0: I think you could too and I think that that's the move especially again when you look at the the number of number one overall quarterbacks who have panned out and I get like it's all just random up there but the difference between the first quarterback taking every draft and the second quarterback I bet if we look back wouldn't be all that different at least recently, yeah.
1: yeah. Potentially,
0: and like you have Andrew Luck over RG three, as like sure. the one that's sticking out in my mind. But I don't know. I mean, um, there are
1: plenty of like, yeah. It, it's also hard to find good quarterbacks. Sometimes.
0: It is. Maybe it's better just to. Maybe it's better to take. Uh, and I
1: think that's the thing is Burrow is seen as one of the more surefire guys. You know, a, a little safer than on your average quarterback year. Um, so he, he's a little more enticing, which is why he might drum up a little more interest. this week.
0: You know what you could do if you're the Dolphins? You could, or no, if you're the Bengals, instead of taking that number one pick, you take all four of those picks. At number five, you take, I don't know, say Justin Herbert. At number 18, hopefully Tua falls. At number 56, mm. you could take a Jalen Hurts, and then you could take like whatever that. quarterback <laughs> next year. Just just take every quarterback and see which one per- turns out the best.
1: I mean, aggressively attacking the quarterback market that way would, would be pretty unprecedented, and it would allow you to still maintain value because, I mean, you're, you're bidding against yourself. You control the market entirely.
0: Exactly, and it's yeah. not messing with the rest of your draft because you still have whatever picks you had before you traded your number one pick for four other picks.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think they're revolutionaries like that, Hank. I'm sorry to I don't say. No. Yeah.
0: I'm, I'm going I'm to push hard for that. Um, yeah. You know, I we've spent a little bit longer on this trade than I've meant to. Um, yep. Hopefully those discussions yep. apply to everything we're about to talk about. <laughs> I don't have to repeat this every time. There's like multiple <laughs> picks for one pick. Um, But... I mean, the, we've, we've talked about the hype a little bit about um, the Bengals being higher on Herbert um, or all these different things. Sure. Is there anything else you want to say about that aspect of this trade? Any, anything
1: here oh, that's an you, maybe? We'll find out how, how true that, that is come, come draft day. Because yes. if that's really how they feel, then a trade down would be in their interest. Agreed. Um, I mean,
0: No doubt. Exactly. Um, Second trade. Redskins trade the number two pick to the New York Giants. An NFC East East trade. Pretty crazy. Um, Especially the top Mm -hmm. value. Um, But the way the trade would work, it would be the Redskins send the number two pick to the Giants, and the Giants have picks four and 36. So, essentially, it's a 36th move up from four to two.
1: Um, Yeah. I mean... So, you know, it's the difference between Chase Young and Isaiah Simmons getting a top 36 pick. Would you rather Simmons and Jalen Raygar? Yeah. Or Chase Young?
0: Ooh.
1: I might still prefer Chase
0: Young. I think I'd still probably take Chase Young. Yeah. Um, if, if you're the Redskins, though, um, how does that change things uh, since they're still kind of building?
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess it made sense for them in in some ways to, to keep building that way. It'd be tough to to pass on Chase Young. That could really come back to haunt them. Yeah, um, in a lot of ways. Uh, so, yeah, I, I would not advise that kind of move. Okay, you'd have to blow blow my socks off to to get Chase Young.
0: Okay, uh, the third trade is the Lions giving up the number three pick uh, to the Dolphins. Um, in this scenario, they give up the number three pick for picks 5, 26, and 141. Sure. So this is kind of surprising to me, just looking at the way that... So, so again, the Giants moved up from 4 to 2. They moved up two spots at the very top of the draft for pick 36. The Dolphins moved up two picks from 5 to 3, gave up a 26, which is much yeah. more value than 36, and also 141. So the value here is kind of strange to me.
1: Yes. I mean, again, the last one seems a little too convenient. I don't think you're just going to trade in your division for a a generational, like we saw the impact Nick Bosa could have chase young promises to be as good, if not better, potentially Mm -hmm. Um, you, you just can't give that up for like 36 is a nice pick. That's a borderline first, Mm -hmm. but still it's not good enough to, yeah. I mean, these quarterback trades make more sense because they're four quarterbacks. You're paying a premium price. That doesn't mean you're just giving the second, second overall pick away because a quarterback's not involved. Now, this is a trade we've talked about a lot because it's very possible that at three, instead of the Lions, there's a team drafting who had to move up to get a quarterback. And um, if you're
0: the Lions here, I mean, you're, you're moving back two picks.
1: That's um, perfect for them.
0: Exactly, because there's, there's one team that jumps in front yeah. of you, and that's a team that's taking the quarter, right. a quarterback, that's the Dolphins, and then there's um, uh, another team there too. So you're only losing one prospect you're interested in, and you could still get right. your guy.
1: Right. Uh, meanwhile, you add picks 26 and 141. Well, and that's why the, the Dolphins are the qu- quarterback needy team that makes most sense. Yep. Because they only have to move back two spots, and the Dolphins have two first-rounders. This is their lowest of the two first-rounders easy breezy kind of makes everyone happy.
0: Yeah. And the lions are a tough team to read for me. Um, I think, I think that this trade would make a whole lot of sense for them. And I think it still probably does, but if they were a team that's very obviously rebuilding, but when they're still kind of clinging to this, you know, Matt Stafford era, which makes sense, like a very good quarterback. They're trying to build. uh, It just seems like when you bring that guy back, you have to be looking at the future. and, And
1: I don't know. At the end of the day, you know you can guarantee you get your pick of the second best defensive player, or -hmm. you just let the third best defensive player drop to you, depending on who the Giants pick. Yeah, the Giants might go O line or wide receiver, and then you don't. You still get the guy you would have got at three, at five, and you just added a first round. So I mean, that's that's a nice deal for them. It would make a ton of sense. And who knows what the Chargers would have to pay to compete with that? Yeah. You know, because that's where it gets interesting. The Dolphins aren't just going to move up from five for nothing. They're going to move up because they're worried that the Chargers would move up. So Mm -hmm. the Chargers have to give up six and a future first rounder. And how many other additional picks do you need to throw in there to spice it up?
0: Well, now we're to the fourth trade, which is the Giants trading the fourth pick to the Chargers. Um, and what they say you have to give up to get from six to four is a 37 and a 2021 second round pick.
1: Yeah. I mean, we, we'd see how the market would heat up at this point. Cause yep. it, the, who are the other quarterback suitors? Who are
0: there aren't that many more,
1: right? Because the, once the Panthers, you know, got Teddy mm-hmm. in the building you know, what do the Jaguars
0: plan on doing?
1: Right. Right. But I get the feeling they might like Minshew at least another year to at least give them another year, see what they've got.
0: Yeah. Um, and then
1: try to build.
0: You just look through all these teams and there aren't that many more. I mean, until you start looking at teams like, you know, the, the Patriots, Patriots, maybe. Right. But they're a ways down. Um, the Raiders, potentially. But again, the a ways down. down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but
1: I but mean, yeah. the Colts would still be in the mix, but they don't have that first rounder anymore because they took the fourth buck.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, um, it's a weird, weird read on that. So would the Chargers need to? Because if the Dolphin, if there's no way of getting in front of the Dolphins anyways, because the Dolphins moved up to three, then you just say, hey, mm-hmm. whatever, we'll yep. get the third best quarterback and we'll be fine.
0: But, you know, in this univ- in a different universe where they still are at five, then maybe moving up to four is worth it. There's going to be right. a more well, if but that's then the case.
1: Exactly. You're not going to get up for just two seconds yep. when the Dolphins cannot. You know, so that's yep. where it's like we need to align realities here. And uh, it seems like we're operating on different scenarios. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> like even picks are worth more than odd picks, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. Last I checked, that's not a thing. <laughs> but would be a fun rule. It would be a fun rule. Yeah.
0: Um, next up, the Dolphins trade the fifth pick to the 49ers. So that's pick number five for 13-31 and a 2021 20, third. I actually kind of like this. They have them taking Jeffrey Okuda. A,
1: this would be shocking if the Dolphins were like, no, no, we are riding with... We spent all this money in free agency, but we're riding with garbage quarterbacks. Or they're like, we'll just take Jordan Love at 13. I I don't even know what the strategy would be, but punting completely on a quarterback. Now you would have four first rounders. You would have 13, 18, 26, 31. And then I think they have like two other high second round. Mm -hmm. It would be insane. They'd have like six picks in the top like 40 Um, and you'd add another. The other thing is the Niners in that cover three Seattle style defense. And I've said this about the Broncos. You don't spend premium dollars on that. You don't have to move up to the fifth pick to get that. You're happy to wait on Jalen Johnson or AJ Terrell, just guys with size who all they have to do is play that boundary zone and, like, be smart and have good ball skills and get coached up.
0: As
1: long as physical and compressed, you can do. Oku, on the that other hand, yeah.
0: those 49ers don't have that many needs, and they might be a team that, instead of getting those two first-round picks, might be happy just to turn that into a plus position and
1: maybe give
0: it a run at another Super Bowl.
1: You might have a point there.
0: Here's the thing, though. I th- I think that if this trade happens, it will be at least the uh, second most interesting thing to happen because the Dolphins would have something crazy in mind. You know, oh, if, if if they're trying to stockpile more picks, that's because they think Jalen Hurts is going to be the actual guy and they don't want to go for Tua and they don't want to go for Justin Herbert. They want somebody like Jalen Hurts or, or maybe it's... uh I mean, they're it,
1: tanking it, for Trevor Lawrence? And I, I mean, possibly. But like, you can't moves in free agency wouldn't help
0: that yeah i don't know but but the the thing is if if they want somebody like jalen hurts like a a second round third round quarterback you're not going to take him at five but you might take him at 13 to make you make sure you get him
1: right sure 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 i don't know i well or with four first round picks you can just pick your spot i mean mm mm-hmm You just, oh, oh, okay, they're saying that he's going to go at 17. We'll just move up to 16. We can do whatever we want.
0: Or, again, they're just working by the numbers and saying, let's not worry too much about which guy will fit the best here. Maybe they double up. Yeah, oh, they could double up.
1: You know, like Jordan Love at 13, and we'll take Hertz at 31, whatever. Uh Uh-huh.
0: We're going to be a lot of fun. One of
1: those two will work out better than the fifth pick.
0: And they still add a pick, too.
1: The other thing is... What's interesting is with how many quarterback needy teams there are remaining, what you're doing by moving down is saying, we'll let the Chargers take the second best quarterback. And we're gambling <laughs> that by 13, our third best quarterback will still be there. Yep. And we just added all this other stuff. Yep. And I, mean, I, don't I guess I don't if it gets past Jacksonville, it's possible. It would be fun. Yep. That'd be interesting.
0: That would be. Oh, I'm so excited for the draft. Um, number six, the Chargers trade the sixth pick to the Jaguars. Um, so it's six for nine, 73, and 157. And the reason is the
1: Jaguars want Isaiah Simmons. So pretty cheap trade, all considered. I mean, 73 is the highest pick you're having to get a, give up. Um, That's, you know, mid mid third rounder there to move up three spots and get Isaiah Simmons. Mm -hmm. Um, That'd be interesting. And again, it kind of, since the the Jaguars are the one team you're scared of going for a quarterback, it allows the Chargers to add a little draft capital and still have the third best quarterback most likely available to them there. So I suppose, I suppose you could see it.
0: I think that this is a, uh, I don't know, Oh, oh, an interesting pick to me, um, because the Jaguars are going with a linebacker. Um, you know, when when they have, yeah, Miles sure. Jack, right? And I guess, and maybe they lose Yannick Ngakwe. Yeah, um, I mean, but uh, I, I, don't know. They yeah. added Joe Schobert. Like it, I don't know. It's it, it, uh, it, it's a, it it's almost like they're building from the middle of the defense out. Like they want to add another in the same way that like the Broncos kind of build from the edges with the edge rushers and the corners and all that stuff. I don't know. Maybe, maybe if you just play like a zone defense, have those guys right there in the middle.
1: I don't know. Well, the beauty of on linebacker
0: is interesting.
1: He could play anywhere, you know, true. Simmons. Exactly. They,
0: they but, could be I mean, scouting him there as a corner.
1: The Jaguars are a team where it's like, what are they doing? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and that's maybe they are trying to compete soon. Maybe they think that that defense is coming back. The defense that was like on pace. They think Leonard Fournette can take a little bit more of a step forward this year. Um, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of feels like the Rockies. But, where it's like they have guys who should be better than they are, probably. I guess. Um,
1: but yeah, well, it does
0: seem like if anything, the Jaguars would want to stockpile
1: some more assets. Right. Then go. I mean, not that they're going all in, but you know. But they are. They are a team where it's like, what are they? What do they want to do? Mm-hmm. Do they want to move down? Do they want to move up? What What are they trying? What's the identity they're trying to build? That's why, like someone like C.D. Lamb or an offensive lineman, makes more sense. Because yep. it's like, okay, we really got to figure out our identity offensively. We're adding more weapons around Minshew, Fournette, and DJ Chark, and
0: and we can't and be giving know. up top one hundred picks at this point. Right. Um, yeah. Exactly. The next trade, Panthers give up number seven. To take 16, 47, and a 20, third from the Falcons,
1: so the Falcons move up to seven yep. for um, a top fifty pick, a second rounder, and a future third, and they would be doing that to guarantee they get CJ Henderson. Which is, and I could see this.
0: I could see this more um, if if somebody's trading up for a cornerback. The Falcons would make a lot of sense. Uh, you know that defense has kind of fallen apart. Um, I think that if you bring in another high-caliber defender, maybe that is kind of one of the last holes. They still have some players who you could expect to get better. And on offense, they have Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley. They're going to be able to put up points, or they
1: should be able to put up points next year. It's Um, another cover three team where I say, "Mm, maybe you don't need to spend that trade up, but they're always trading up even when they don't have, like, the draft capital or the debt to do that. Um and then, you know, they really this trade we've done a couple mocks where we have Okuda dropping to this spot. That's yep. where this trade really makes sense. What's interesting is is CJ are we undervaluing CJ Henderson that that much? Has old has old the old coach got us that anti, you know, tackling the poorly tackling corners like CJ Henderson, that we really undervalue a guy who's going to go seventh. Also, this has happened with Florida corners before and the NFL overvalues them and they don't work out, but he's a guy who I really want to see how high does he go? How off were we on him? Cause when I rewatch him, I can definitely see the appeal. Like he's super smooth, perfect man corner, but and the tackling and physicality, it's better than we give him credit to, but he also Once he's out of the play, just gives up. Doesn't even pretend to try.
0: But at the same time, he's incredibly fast. Oh, he's uh, a perfect man court. And and, and that's why I think that teams are kind of overvaluing him. The same way they're overvaluing these speedy receivers. Like, even though maybe you are giving up a bit too much if you're trading up for Henry Ruggs, but the truth is if another team has Henry Ruggs, you need a guy like C.J. Henderson who can keep up with him.
1: Yeah, I mean that's so, true. No, and I mean, we we've talked before about how important it is. There are like elite premium traits that you pay premium assets for, mm-hmm. and being able to have like long speed and smooth hips to to like play defense and cover the fastest guys in the NFL is a premium trait.
0: Again, and again, if
1: premium assets for
0: it, if you're so. the Falcons and your job is just to not let somebody get by you down that sideline you really don't need to be too fast if you're, you know, you can, you can give them some cushion. You're, right. you're, you're
1: no, fine. We've, it's not, as we've said, it's a position where, um, you know, and the Falcons are the kind of team that moved up before to do these kind of things. Yeah. So.
0: He's just not going to be forced to run around the field with whoever the other team's best receiver is. I yeah. he's I mean, just going to be tough. I don't know. We'll see. Um, The next trade is probably the most interesting to us because it's the Broncos trading up from 15 to number 8. They give up the 46th pick to do so. Uh, And and this is where they take Henry Ruggs.
1: Well, (laughs) this is a trade that's kind of been out there Mm -hmm. um, lately because, A, it sounds like the Cardinals which is, and this is what Mace was telling us not too long when we had him on for that first mock draft was he thought the Cardinals before free agency, before they added Hopkins would have to add to the defense that it, Mm -hmm. as much as we thought it was going to be Kingsbury wanting to add to his offense, it was really, they need to add to that defense, add more talent around Chandler Jones And now a name for them that's been put out there is Derek Brown, if he were to drop. And I think in a scenario where Derek Brown goes before, they definitely are down to trade down. Derek Brown's also a guy we've talked about in one of those recent mocks we did on the pod. Impromptu, we had Derek Brown dropping to 15. Maybe that's their thinking. But anyways, they're an interesting team because Kingsbury isn't looking for that to spend premium dollars on an offensive lineman we talked about this off air it makes a ton of sense for the air raid where you really don't need like high end offensive linemen they're kind of like zone corners right because we're getting the ball out quick we're 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 scheming guys open um so I, it's interesting 46 is a decent price but i don't like it i mean yeah. again would you rather rugs and Josh Jones, Prince Tegawanagu, Austin Jackson, Ezra Cleveland, uh Shadik Charles, um, you know, any of those guys, Lucas Niang, or I guess not Henry Ruggs and one of those guys. Would you rather Henry Ruggs and one of those guys? Or I don't know, Andrew Thomas and Jalen Regar or Michael Pittman or something like that. Yeah, you know, I'd much I'd much rather have the one two combo them moving up to get
0: rugs yep or you could even do two receivers your options would be would would you rather have henry rugs or would you rather say i don't know worst case scenario it's probably mims the top on your board and you take a jalen rager you take a visca yeah i mean i I don't know i i don't like it i think that's not gonna be much of a surprise um but it is interesting and i could totally see it happening um Trade number nine, Jaguars trade the ninth pick to the Jets for numbers 11 and 79. Um, and they do that to take Mikay Becton.
1: Yeah, I mean, I could see that.
0: hmm
1: You know. The Jaguars, <laughs> again, are an interesting team here. Mm-hmm. And how we jostle for offensive linemen will also be interesting. And it's a decent price for the Jets. Just pick 79. That, that's not too.
0: Yep. Not too interesting. Uh, number 10, the <laughs> Browns trade the 10th pick for 21.53 and a 2021 20. second from the Eagles. Yep. So the Eagles pay a 53 next year second to go from 21 to 10.
1: Makes sense. Um, makes sense. The article mentions, um, you know, a name for the Browns. Uh, that's been tossed out there as they like Ezra Cleveland, which makes a lot more sense <laughs> at 21 than at 10, yeah. and is a perfect zone type of guy because he's a super athlete, right?
0: And his um, name is Cleveland.
1: There you go. Yep. And uh, <laughs> that's we've been talking about who would – the reason the Broncos move up to get a wide receiver is because there could be teams like the Pesky Eagles, another team like the Falcons who very aggressive pursuing trades – who could move up and steal CD.
0: Because they think that he's the last piece they need. They haven't been able to find consistent receivers. um, And they think they can make a run.
1: They also can't help themselves from making (laughs)
0: trades. Exactly. Okay. Uh, That's it for that. Um, Before we start talking about everything we want to do in rounds five, six, and seven, uh, Dre and I are going to tell you guys about Breckenridge Brewery and their farmhouse, which is where you guys should definitely be getting as much food as you can. Um, It's great stuff. Um, You get $5 off if you use the code DNVR. Um, They now deliver to a lot of the Denver metro area. Uh, So so you guys should be able to get them to deliver it to you. You can also pick it up there. Um, The food's so good. The beer is good. You can get Foods $5 related. off the code DNVR. Um, what else are you going to do? Treat yourself. You don't get to go out and do fun things, so eat good food instead. Here, here. Uh, also, want to tell you guys about uh, the Colorado Raptors, oh,
1: which okay. is going
0: to be uh, a lot of fun. Um, I actually had a chance. I caught like half of the first rugby game we watched, mm-hmm. but I only got... Uh, or, no, I got the whole thing today and it was pretty crazy. It was amazing. Those guys are so, like, the, the, they're just such a strange shape. Yeah. Like, it's like yeah. everything between their, like, knees and their shoulders is just massive.
1: They're boxy athletes.
0: They Ryan are. put
1: it out there that it's like watching a sport where, I've, you know, it's just fullbacks on fullbacks. Yep. It has that vibe, but there's a difference. You know, there's lighter full backs to yeah. be more more yeah. of an impact your Kyle of the checks, you have your, right. right. your you cards You're like, you you have have your who are, like yeah. big in the middle <laughs> oh. um, it's fun man and it's like it's like high-end special teams play because mm-hmm. guys need to be really like in in constant movement you still have to be like gap disciplined mm-hmm. um and really really sound tackler The kickers are insane. The way they snap off like punt style kicks is great. And then it's got a lot of like option football type elements, which you love. Yeah. Um, Well, it's crazy because like the way
0: they all line up, it's almost like everybody just lines up almost like a waterfall down the field. And then they just like toss to the right and to the right and to the right. And so like every two seconds, less than that, every second you're getting like the read part of the option like it's it's like the defensive end is right there and the guys make the decision to keep it a run it's just that over and over and over and then eventually one of them actually breaks free and then they're just gone it's pretty crazy stuff that's great stuff and if you guys want to check it out you can do that well i mean you can't do that now but you'll be able to do that soon um out by cherry creek and that is where the colorado raptors play on their major league rugby team um that's the top league in the u.s uh the We actually have Colton Strickler covering that team for us. Uh, You guys should be checking that out. We're watching their games. um,
1: Yeah, we're re-watching some old great games. You should join in on DMVR Watches. and Yeah, man, just support them and check it out because it's going to be a great time.
0: It is going to be a great time. Okay, Um, let's jump into a couple of these scenarios now. Um, Here's what we're doing. So if you guys listened to the last draft podcast, then you heard how we were kind of talking through uh, the
1: third no, so and fourth four. rounds yeah.
0: and how things could fall and how the Broncos could set themselves up and really where the value is. Um, mm-hmm. Today we want to run through a couple of scenarios um, for rounds five, six, and seven um, Yeah, because the Broncos have four picks. Yep, four picks in those rounds. Um, and so let's just jump into it. Um, let's start with a fun one. Um, This is kind of like the Broncos dream scenario. So, just like imagine everything goes perfectly for the Broncos. They trade down from 15 to like 19 or like 18 with the Dolphins, and they still get Jerry Judy and they pick up assets. Like, everything breaks perfectly. They get like Jerry Judy, Austin Jackson, Troy Pride Jr., Davis Gay, their Van Jefferson, Biotish. Like, every one of their needs is filled. And so they kind of just have four picks to take the straight up. Best players, highest upside. Like you're looking for superstars back here. Um, who are those late round kind of gems that you really like? I mean,
1: superstars. Let's just pump the brakes for a second, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so you're
0: saying there are no fifth round superstars in this year? <laughs> well, year's draft. I
1: mean, we'll, I'm sure there are, but we'll find out. <laughs> I'm not, you know, I'm a I'm a draft geek. I'm not Nostradamus here. Oh no, um, well, next year it i'm working on which learning you know working up witchcraft over here so we'll see <laughs> um you can tell the
0: future and you're gonna waste it on draft prospects Exactly,
1: <laughs> precisely <laughs>
0: why what else would there be yeah like um, make ventilators
1: well i mean this it's a question that it's really like scenario fluid right Mm -hmm. so at the end of the day it's who who do you like best in the late rounds who kind of fits uh high upside wise you know there's a few different guys that i like i think staying local someone like davion taylor would be really intriguing to target um in those later rounds we'll see if with his testing he'll have improved um and not be available by round five Mm -hmm. another guy in the back seven who has really stood out the more i've been watching auburn prospects on the defense is the cornerback opposite of noah i is javares davis he's you know physical guy always in the mix even if he gives up a reception he's right there to tackle uh and he's just sticky and the kind of guy that you know he's gonna be a pain in your, pain in your butt the whole time because he's just so sticky and annoying in that way. So that's two guys I I target in the back seven in the late rounds. You're always gonna find.
0: Can I throw one more in that mix? Yeah, please. Do. Another back seven guy I really like. Um and uh, actually the count hit me with a mock draft today and took him. Um but Julian Blackman. Um, yeah, from Utah. If he's still there in like the fifth, sixth, seventh round, that'd be an incredible value. Um, well, we like
1: Blackman. He's yeah. uh He's fallen a bit, and his film can be shaky at times. And he can also deliver just monstrous hits running downhill twenty mm-hmm. twenty yards. And he's got some versatility in exactly. coverage. He was just a little reckless as a single high.
0: Yep, but again, he was a cornerback up until this year. He switched to safety at Utah, one of the best defenses in the country. And, yes. you know, I think that it's sometimes really hard when you have a great defense to correctly weight the values of the players in it. And so with, with that team, you know, LaKai Fotu, um, Bradley a. but then even in the backfield, you have a bunch of guys. Terrell Burgess, a safety who's probably going to get drafted in front of him. So they have yes. all these guys everywhere. And Jayden it's kind of the Johnson. same thing. Yeah, yeah. But you look at like the... I oh, don't know. Say like LSU's defense, another great defense, and I'm I'm kind of tempted to say, hey, Grant Delpit, he was in a great defense, maybe that helped him out. I'm gonna knock him back a bit. Same thing with Christian Fulton, but when you get to these late round guys like Jalen Jackson, that or not Jalen Jackson, sorry, um, but but you get to Julian Blackman, yeah, yeah, Julian Blackman, you you get to like kind of pump them forward and say like maybe this is why things work so well. Maybe he was that voice, like that presence. And then you remember, like, the guy was an All-American safety. He produced on that defense. Like, there were mistakes, but also he's raw. I really like him and would love to see. I do, too. He's dropped
1: quite a bit. And watching film to figure out, like, is this really one of my guys, there were a few, like, just kind of sloppy angles where he's going up. And I think the USC game, he got burnt on two deep balls Mm -hmm. where he's right there. But... Undercuts it too much, and Pittman like dunks on him and just mm-hmm. picks it up and like takes it for the touchdown. So you know that that's that type of stuff scares you. But um, you know if he can figure it out, it he'll he'll be intriguing. One guy I don't know if he'd drop, but staying on the defensive side, who I would love with the Broncos is Jabari Zuniga of Florida. Yeah,
0: yeah, and it's it's a strange one because he doesn't fit a need you know you don't necessarily
1: need him where i like him most is rushing from the interior
0: Mm, it's just he's
1: 260 pounds yeah so he needs to like get better at that but he's you know he's totally a guy that i think in certain rotations and fronts you could put in and you work on beefing him up a little and um i mean that's where he works best I told you already the story of how we, we got together when I was interviewing him and talking about our kids yep. and stuff. And, um, you know, he really flashes. He's another guy who rewatching more Florida tape like CJ Henderson. And
0: had a great combine. Looked incredible, very fast. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's intriguing. But again, maybe he goes way higher than fifth or sixth. But if he's around, I would take him specifically to see what kind of packages I could design. Um, to put him on, on the interior.
0: Yeah, and that makes that linebacker group even more interesting. You know, you already have Alexander Johnson, crazy upside. Like, we all think that he could be something special. Um, but again, he's young. Um, you also have Justin Hollins, who's your half-edge rusher, half-inside linebacker. And if he right. moves to inside linebacker, then maybe there is a little more room for Jabari Zaniga, And and he can take that attach you role, role um, next year even though a tattoo's back but you have to win it from him. but you know you rotate in a little bit make some plays and i may shane ray was a third outside linebacker shaq barrett like the depth doesn't hurt you can find a way to use the guys
1: right yeah maybe he's more of your long-term replacement for the marcus walker too
0: yeah that could be
1: hybrid guy you know so that's some names on defense
0: okay uh what about offensive guys any any of the receivers um, that are kind of
1: the late-round guys that you really like? Totally, man. I mean, we're we're bound to see some receivers drop a bunch, and I wonder if Antonio, Antonio Gandy-Golden after that rough combine could drop. Yeah. He's a guy I'd target because the sky's the limit for that kid, man.
0: Mm-hmm. And see, this is where I feel more comfortable taking gadget-type guys. You know? Uh, like, Absolutely. Like, like somebody like Lin like Bowden. Gibson.
1: Lim uh, Bowden would be dope at this exactly. point.
0: Exactly, and if he falls yeah. that far, then I like it. If, if he's up in that like, fourth round, then I'm not so sure that right. you, know, you can turn him into what you need him to be. And for um, those who
1: aren't familiar, Lim Bowden kind of did everything at Kentucky yeah. this year, uh, kind of become, became their quarterback. But, um, you know, yeah, works best as a wide receiver, but, yeah, more of a gadget, uh, do-everything type.
0: You know, I don't necessarily know that Malcolm Perry is a fit with the Broncos, but he's another Mace fun one. So. Oh, yeah, the former former quarterback who turned receiver. He was quarterback at Navy, decided to be receiver in the NFL because of coming out of the Right, option.
1: that's where he's been trying out. But, I mean, Mace thought that he could be a good Taysom Hill. Maybe that's mm-hmm. the guy you target. More than Malcolm Perry, what about Khalil Tate or someone like Khalil that? Khalil Tate, yeah,
0: I've thought a lot about Khalil Tate. Um, you know, I... I he didn't really do what he needed to do in college. You know, he, he couldn't win mm-hmm. games, but you could see all the f- things that he could do. Kind of cool, like so in that. a Steven Montez type way, so. like where you're kind of always thinking, sure, how, are sure. you not, how are you sure. not a better football team? Sure. Um, and you kind of point at him. Um, you know, he would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Any of these just really good athletes you can get late, um, yeah. I think Pat Shermer can find a way to get something out of them.
1: You know, a guy I really like, um, the more I watch him, he stood out at the Senior Bowl, too, was Darius Anderson, the running back for TCU. Mm. Um, adding that, like, specifically speed back to the mix would be very interesting in this offense. And He's a guy that really stands out. I think he'd be around by um, round five or so. Um, and, yeah, wide receivers, you're going to have a ton of options. You want the speedsters. You go Jeff Thomas. Um Courtney Davis, John Hightower, those kind of guys, you want the safer possession guys, you're going to have Tony Brown's going to be intriguing. Uh, you yeah. probably don't even have to draft him. Juan Johnson from Oregon's a guy who um is really intriguing as a, a bigger dude. Juan Jennings who tested really poorly from Tennessee is a guy who'll be around at that point really intriguing. Quintes Chephus um, of Wisconsin Cephas. Cephas. Yeah, He'll be he'll be around. Um, he didn't test well but you know his tape is nice he's he's a good solid possession guy who's got nice frame to him uh james proche is going to give you some special Mm -hmm. teams ability former teammate of Cortland sutton's at smu Um, so yeah you're going to have a ton of options at at wide receiver.
0: yeah um there are a couple running backs i like um i i think that if you go running back i would like I think you need something on one side of the spectrum or the other. Um, I think like a Joshua Kelly, somebody who can just pound Love things Joshua up the middle, he could fit, and maybe he's the type of guy who you could get to play a little bit of fullback, too, in
1: some formations. But, dude, Kelly's got a little bit of that wiggle and even, even a passing game value. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, I, maybe I'm too high on Joshua I mean, Kelly. But
0: it, it's, it's just it's a... Awesome. It's it's hard to compare him to some of the other guys um, because he was kind of just his entire team's offense at UCLA. Well, sure. He he just kind of had to do everything. They yeah. didn't have much, but but he did very well doing it. A um, couple more Pac-12 guys, you know, I've I've brought up JJ Taylor uh, from Arizona. Yes. Um, yes. Salvin Ahmed from Washington. Those mm-hmm. little speed guys. Maybe yep. one of them is will pan out. You know, maybe they become your home run hitter, I guess. Um, Total. I don't know. I, I I do think that running back would definitely be in play back here.
1: Um, yeah. And this is always a great spot to target interior offensive line. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, think of how many starters the Broncos have had on the O line who are drafted in this range. And then think that probably at least
0: half of them have been good enough to be starters. Yeah. Paredes, yeah. I mean, uh-huh.
1: those guys got paid.
0: They did get paid. Um, Anybody in particular around here that you
1: like? It really depends on who drops. I think Throckmorton could drop mm-hmm. to this point. Throck, I forgot that R in there. Um, <laughs> dude, and re him, it's like, yeah, this guy's good. He just had no business playing tackle at the senior role. But look, his tape was good enough at tackle where he deserved to be tried out. Yep. He just looked like crap, which is what we imagine – so now we're, knock, we're knocking him for something we knew already. You're like penalizing a guy <laughs> twice. That's true. Do you get what I mean? So yep. will the NFL do that or will they, will they be smarter? Because if a guy like that's around, I'm interested. Michael Onwenu, big bulky guard from Michigan. I think he was a Shrine Game guy. Um, would be intriguing in this range. Hmm. Uh, you know, you got to get his body right. You know how much I like John Runyon. The left yeah. tackle at Michigan. He doesn't have the measurables. He doesn't have the athleticism. I think that's a guy who's smart, gets in and pass pro, and, like, I develop him as a center. We were
0: watching the Miracle at Michigan game on Saturday, and his uh-huh. dad, also John Runyon, was a tackle at Michigan at that time. Uh,
1: Different deal, I know. too.
0: It's pretty crazy to see. him. Yeah, you know. yeah. Oh, so, but um, tight end could also be interesting. Um, yeah. I'm not sure what the Broncos are thinking here. I think that they, yeah. you know, they now have a I think you're pretty happy with him as your second tight end. Do right. they expect to get something out of Jake Butt or Troy Fumagalli? Do they want right. to keep Hireman around and blow three to $4 million, something like that to do so?
1: Yeah. Um, just How much as do they guy? like Andrew Beck, who played a lot last yeah. year? Because yeah. that's the position. Do you try to upgrade Andrew Beck? Because he's basically your de facto fullback, H-back mm-hmm. right now. Because Albert O could be that H-back. Yeah. Thaddeus Moss, who's undersized for a tight end, I think could be that H-back. I, so there I, are some guys like that. I also like Jacob Breland
0: from Oregon. I think Dude. he could fit as like a chess piece, put I him at fullback.
1: love Breland. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not privy to the, to the medicals, of course. Yeah. And that's going to be huge for him. Yep. Uh, but the former Oregon tight end, I am huge on him. Yeah. And I mean, once, once he got injured, the Oregon passing game was heavily impacted.
0: And I was at that game. That was the Colorado game. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And but speaking of Colorado, he kind of reminds me of a Brady Russell, Matt Russell's nephew. Um, just like a little bit. He's, he's, he's the Nike hiked up Oregon version of Brady Russell, you know? It's so like shining
1: him Breland's, <laughs> like, yoked up and runs so well. Like, exactly. He's, he's get, humongous. Like, give, Russell, with all due respect, is a good college tight end, but he's mm, not this
0: – But but just imagine that Brady Russell was two inches <laughs> taller and 20 pounds heavier and was a little bit yeah. better athlete. Like, you just make Theropold. Brady Russell uh
1: An actual bigger, NFL prospect. E- exactly.
0: Like, it's and the same the style. Same. Like, move him around, put him at fullback, put him wherever uh, – they're gonna have like the hair flown out the helmet. Does Jacob Breeland have long hair? He might. No. Okay. No. <laughs> well, I, he's the type of player you would expect to have long. The hair. The worst. I'll say call that.
1: I never. <laughs>
0: Brady Russell, Jacob Breeland. <laughs> I love it. Um, name, to, name to know though. I really like him.
1: Um, do you have any other? These are kind of scenario neutral. So we've, we've abandoned yeah. scenario. Are we okay with that?
0: Um, this No, this is dream perfect scenario. The Broncos okay. are already flawless. What do are you know? there
1: any other scenarios that I should save some names for? I actually coming into this was names? thinking
0: that the Broncos are probably going to be flawless by the time we get to the draft. So this is the only <laughs> realistic nice. scenario. Okay, okay. Here's, a, here's a more interesting one. Here's a more interesting one. Okay. Um, in this scenario, uh, the Broncos trade up. Um, let's say they make Ooh. that Cardinals trade to take. Um, let's let's say it is Henry Ruggs. Um, yeah. Then, because they lost those picks, they traded two thirds. Uh, they get Ezra Cleveland. They get Biotish. They get Troy Pride Jr. Jeez. But now you're coming into five, six, seven, and you only have yeah. a receiver, a tackle, a corner, and a center. Yep. What are you thinking? Are you panicking that you don't have another receiver?
1: I'm not panicking, but that's that. Def- now it's not we're not messing around. That's a priority, linebacker's a priority. Okay.
0: Um, you you, you know. throw linebacker in there too, that's interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean I think I think when you have those five top hundred picks, that's one of the five needs you address. Okay. In fact you uh, you still had four picks there. You that was one- Rugs, Cleveland, Troy Pride Jr. Was there a Biadas in there? Yep. Well, that's four picks. Yep. You got to eliminate one of those.
0: That was that was through the first four that's, rounds.
1: That's like the San Francisco. Oh, four rounds. Yep. Yeah. So that's now five, ambitious, six seven. but but still, okay, yeah. point yeah. Maybe instead of Biadesh it's like Nick Harris, and instead of yep. Troy Pride Jr., it's Michael Oge from Yeah. Uh, that could be from Iowa, you know just to downgrade a little yeah i mean we're addressing linebacker here we're gonna see is has francis bernard fallen Okay. Um, has willie gay jr the combine standout from mississippi state there's some off field stuff he wasn't really starting in his final seasons but you know there's talent there the guy ran in the four threes
0: justin um, snod from wake forest He's a guy I really next. like. He, he ran a, a very quick 40 time. I want to say he was right up there with all the top guys. Um, you know he, he, he's, he's the type of linebacker that I feel like the Broncos haven't had enough of recently. Somebody who is athlete first and tackler second. Um, and mm-hmm. who knows if that's something they would ever consider. But I think right. it'd be worth at least bringing one in.
1: Well, and we got to start thinking outside the box. So maybe the linebackers we liked aren't there. But are there some of those hybrid guys left? Mm-hmm. Is Tanner Mews a guy we target? Is uh, Tanner Mews still around?
0: The safety from Clemson. He's You're another right. one who's, uh, Converted who's linebacker coming from a very good defense um, and probably put in the best situations he could be put in, um, which are pretty much the situation the Broncos would probably want to put him, to be honest. But yeah. because he is falling so late, maybe he is being underrated for his contributions to a great defense that had a bunch of other talent.
1: Totally. You know, Kevon Wallace fits that. Mold. I'm I'm yep. high on Kevon Wallace. The more we talk about him, the more mm-hmm. I watch tape. He just pops every time. He can do so much. You know, he's not. There's honestly, you know, you if you told me um, Xavier McKinney, you trade down and you get to take Xavier McKinney at 25, or would you rather wait till round four and or round three and take Kevon Wallace? I'd rather Kevon Wallace. at yeah. And I think, because I think there's not that much difference between the two. Huh. Okay. Like at uh, the end of the day, they're used similar. They're similar weapons, you know.
0: Yeah. I also want to shout out uh, Dante Olsen here. Uh, I think he, yeah. I, I know uh, there are some Grizz fans, shout out to the count, who are also yeah. hoping he goes to the yeah. Broncos. But I was just thinking about it today. And just imagine if you have Alexander Johnson and Dante Olsen in the middle of the defense. Like they're combined, like, like they're what, averaging six foot three, like averaging 240, 250 pounds. Like they're so, they're like pretty long for how big they are. Like they're just like swatting balls down left and right. I don't know. I I mean, you're projecting a little bit for both of them in coverage, but
1: if, if it panned out the cover skills, that's the big question.
0: You're not giving up a three yard run ever (laughs) two yards and less every single play. I guess that's true.
1: Um, against the Chiefs, might just take them. They would. Um, I
0: mean, that that actually be more than they usually. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah, Yeah.
1: (laughs) that's right. So yeah, but Dante Olsen could be in the mix. And just as we're prioritizing linebacker, we're prioritizing that second wide receiver. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh, This is this is also one of those scenarios where, you know, do we try do we try to move up? preemptively before the fifth round even hits into the late third into the early fourth where maybe someone like van jefferson or tyler johnson or gabe davis or gandy golden um do we prioritize and get a little more aggressive to move up and get a second wide receiver or that that linebacker just to make sure we address that that other need
0: yeah yeah and i think that would be the move here i i i do think that having one receiver coming into this stage of the draft would, I mean, it, it might cap the Broncos draft grade from me to at like a B plus. Total. Yep. And you'll um, find a the
1: guy there, you know, you'll find. Yeah.
0: But it's not somebody that you're confident in contributing sure, early sure. next year. Um, yeah. Um, let's go through another. This is kind of a more practical um way to go about this uh, this is kind of like what we're hoping for um decent breaks and let's say you get um one of the big three receivers falls um you're you're able to pick up uh lucas Nyang in the second round uh your third round pick um uh some somebody slips a little bit maybe uh k j hamler or uh okay. you know or actually like a chase claypool one of the one of those Sorts of receivers. Um, Okay. We'll go. uh, You get one of your centers. You get uh, let's say Davis Gaither at linebacker. Um, Okay. We'll give him a cornerback, and um, I don't know. Well, no, that's all the picks, isn't it?
1: You got your
0: two receivers. Yeah. So, so that let's say you're kind of sitting right there. Um, what what are you looking at now? Then, so defensive I mean, that line seems
1: like kind of a a dream scenario right there exactly. already. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're looking at defensive line. Um, some of my favorite guys like Christian Rector, those late round gems. Uh, Khalil Davis from Nebraska has some good, um, you know, skills as a pass rushing interior defensive lineman. Rashad Lawrence of LSU might not go mm-hmm. very high because he's not. Sexy, doesn't bring a ton of pass rush value, but he's a very sturdy, solid interior defensive lineman who would be a good rotation piece. Great guy to have opposite Draymond Jones. Um, Those would definitely be some guys I'd target. Um, And, you know, maybe you strengthen the interior O-line again. that was going to be my next question. Um, Maybe you try to find a a running back or another wide receiver who gives you special teams value at that point. And that gadget quarterback could come into play too if you if you really want to get creative with it.
0: So if you're sitting here, you already have your tackle, you already have your center. Are you more interested in adding an interior guy or another tackle?
1: If I'm adding another tackle, he has some versatility to play inside. Okay. Yeah, um, I'm. I'm really kind of trying to plan ahead for, um, you know, Wilkinson leaving or what have you. I guess. I might go tackle though, because huh. really at this point, a, a plan for after a, a succession plan, not just for Bulls but for Juwan James, wouldn't be uh, a bad plan, a bad idea, especially with a guy like Munchek to develop.
0: All right. Um, before we move on to questions, um, just sum up this like end of the draft uh, compared to like last year's draft, the draft before, do you feel like there's more talent or less talent or about the same amount uh, at
1: at the end of this draft? Yeah, I'd say it's about the same amount. It's pretty deep. What's nice in this class is um, the intrigue is really who might drop from those stronger positions like wide receiver and offensive tackle. Um, And there's also, you know, some of their targets in those later rounds, um, like corner, like linebacker. Those are positions where you usually are able to find value in that later range so i mean again it kind of sets up nicely for the broncos
0: all right um next we want to tell you guys about manscaped uh, which is one of our most i don't know favorite sponsors uh because they want us to tell you guys about um how we groom ourselves uh, before we get into this I should tell you that Manscaped uh specializes in manscaping. They're trying to keep you as well groomed. All of mm-hmm. your body hair is you know good as it's supposed to be. I don't understand. But uh yeah, that's <laughs> that's what they're trying to do and if you use the code DNVR20 you can get 20% off at manscaped.com and uh they'll ship whatever you order straight to you. Uh, it's really convenient. You guys should check it out. Um it's a beauty. It is. Uh yeah, um, let's jump into some of these questions now. Yeah. Um, there was one that was left over from last podcast because we mm-hmm. went two hours and didn't have a chance to get to the last one. Um, yeah. So uh, let's jump in to that first. Um,
1: you want me to do it?
0: Sure, you take this from one. I'll get the other ones loaded.
1: Ubenilava. Hey guys, sorry for the double comment, but I was re-listening to the pod and heard something that I must respectfully disagree with. You guys stated that you thought offensive tackle was more of a need than interior O-line when you were going over a subscriber's mock. I feel like our Lord Cush and Barry III should very much be our first O-line prospect taken if, if available. Here's why. I feel like the Broncos are fine with riding Bulls and James at tackle position this year, and if we get Cush then our interior would be Reisner, Cush, and Glasgow. This would free up Elijah to be our swing backup, and we could still get a developmental tackle in round three, maybe then Barch, Matthew Purr, and I've even seen Ezra Cleveland dropping that far. That interior would be young, nasty, and under contract with each other for the next three years at least. That's a tantalizing prospect if you ask me. Thoughts? Much love.
0: Um, that is tantalizing. Um, I think, and Dran and actually talked a little bit about this before, but uh, it's it's tough to say that one is more of a need than the other. I think you're just looking at different time frames. You know, when you're talking tackles, you're probably saying, uh, if, if you take a tackle in the second round, um, ideally, I mean, ideally, he's good enough that he starts day one. He's some revelation in camp, and there's no way that you can keep him off the field. But yeah. more realistically, you're probably hoping that he's ready to take over Bowles' starting job if Bowles has holding problems through the first five, six weeks of next season or right. just struggles in the many ways that he has struggled as a Bronco. Right. Um, and so sometime like in that early mid-season range, you're, you're saying, okay, you can sub in then. And if not then, then um, you know he's on that slower development path. Then he's ready to take over next year. When you're drafting a center, you're saying he's starting right now. Um, we're not happy with what we have at center. He's going to go from that point forward. Um, at tackle, you also have whatever's happening with Juwan James. Is he going to be able to play all year? Um, is he going to miss games? What's going to happen after next year? And so since you have those question marks, I think that you can see that you're definitely going to need at least one tackle next off season. Cause Garrett Bowles isn't going to be back. Um, who yep. knows with Jawan James. Um, right. And you're kind of just getting ahead of that urgent need. Um, whereas with the center, you're finding somebody who would be an upgrade this year um, and maybe isn't a desperate need at any point because they've been happy patching that hole for so long. Um, right. And they've been kind of backed up with mid to low level talent at that position that they've been able to right. develop into a low-end starter, a mid to low-end starter usually.
1: Especially if you're able to just sandwich them in the middle of two very nice guards like Glasgow and Ryzen. Yep. And again, because but you're not, you're not as worried about the interior
0: because you, it's very easy to, you know, it's, it's not too difficult to help a tackle out. Like you're, you're using some of your offensive personnel, like you're taking away from other areas. Either you're using yeah, the guard right. to go out there, or you're chipping him with the right. tight end, something like that. It's a little bit easier to hide a center, um, because you're so often double teaming one of the guys with the guards well, on the interior,
1: especially if it's a smart center. Yeah, yep. You know, if the IQ is good on a the center, they can they can really do great things and be a high end starter. Um, especially paired next to some guards. So that that's the argument: is do you want to, you know? And the other thing is, I think it's wishful to think that um, Ezra Cleveland would drop to. To the third mm-hmm. round, as we were talking in that scenario of Cleveland moving down to 21, I think it's more likely he goes in the top 30 than it is that he drops um, to the third round. Ben Barch is a guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matthew Pert, yeah, I mean, he'd be a decent developmental offensive tackle. I don't know if Pert has the goods to ever be a left tackle in the NFL. So, really, it just, what does that mean that then? Are you in a spot where you now have to pick up that fifth year option, or you go into next year's draft and everyone knows you need a tackle or you spend uh, dollars in free you know I just think you've got to patch up that hole and take yep. advantage of this need cushionberry's good um he's far from you know I- I've seen better center prospects and
0: mm-hmm. you know, and i I do think that it's worth noting that. When you're talking about these tackles, the, the way you say, you know, maybe you, you don't see Pert or uh, Barch being left tackles this season, no matter what. But when you look at the centers, we've talked about getting starting centers like Matt Hennessy in the fourth round, even. You know, sure. those guys right. will be ready right. to go. Um, tackles are just a more refined skill set. And yeah. I really like that you brought up how hard it is to navigate an offseason with a glaring need at left tackle yeah because oh, cool. i mean that's one of those positions where you kind of have to overpay to get somebody and teams yeah. say oh we'd never do that and then they get trapped in the position where you know if you're the broncos things go well next year and you're picking it say 2022 20, um you're not getting a, a great tackle prospect it kind of depends on how this draft falls we're lucky that there are four this year there, there could be one it could just be penny sewell as a true first-round prospect. Um, and in that case, you have to spend the money in free agency to fill that hole that's created by Garrett Bowles leaving. So, yeah, I think it's just such a big need in the future that you should just ad- address it now. And if you have to still manage it in the future, then you have to. But at least you right. have some help. Yeah. Um, great question. Um, was there another piece of that? Or are we good?
1: No, I think we, we, we hit all of that.
0: All right. Um, this week's comments now. Uh, starting at the bottom sausage, Sangha Harry says with the signing of wow. Melvin Gordon, does that take players in the mold of Antonio Gibson off the board entirely? Or just them or just push them way down in priority. Uh, we talked about this a little bit. I, I think that they will take, or I think that they should take a running back late. Um, I think that they should at least bring in some more competition, um, yeah. To to push Royce Freeman to actually make this roster, sure. um, And we've seen, you know, I liked what I saw from Calhouni Muhammad. I was, I, I had a lot of fun with D'Angelo Henderson. I think that's just one of the things the Broncos do. I mean, Philip Lindsay obviously was kind of in that same boat, you know, bring in some yeah. late round guy, undrafted guy, let him compete, see if he can take Royce Freeman's job, or force you to keep four
1: or four halfbacks, especially a speedy guy like this. Gibson's interesting, though, because it's not like any other running back. He has that dual, dual threat versatility and that speed. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have a speed-wide receiver, but you have Gibson staring you in the face, he might be equally, if not more, intriguing. Um, so I think his value diminishes a little bit, but not by much, just because he's so unique and he can still contribute as a receiver, can still contribute in the return game. Um, and can be such a different running back from what you have. That mm-hmm. I think he's still kind of in that mix, but you know, probably out out of those top hundred picks as something yep. you'd really prioritize. And because of just his stock at this point, you're probably not going to get him after that.
0: And be- because the league did move to a fifty five man roster. That means that you have those two more spots, which doesn't sound like much to play with, but you basically have like one so more well. offensive utility guy and mm-hmm. one more defensive utility guy. Um, your so offensive well. guy, maybe they try to bring in another developmental lineman. I don't think they have a good enough good <laughs> lineman to warrant another roster spot being used on that. I think you're going to see a, a skill position player take that spot. Um, and the hybrid would make a lot of sense. Yeah, for sure. Um, Next question comes from Captain Hook, who says, with the increase in roster sizes, wow, what are the odds? Amazing. Uh, Lack of receiver depth on the team and the number of intriguing receivers in this draft. How would you feel and how likely do you think it is we draft three receivers to really turn over that room and stockpile talent at the position for years to come? Thank you both for all that you do. The draft pod is easily my favorite part about DMVR, and if it were up to me, you two would have a daily podcast as well. Stay safe and have a nice day, DMVR family. We appreciate that um, nice. a lot. Yes. Maybe we should go daily, Dre. We could spend hours <laughs> together every day.
1: You already do another daily podcast. So, oh, yeah,
0: there is that too.
1: be a little tough. Um, <laughs> that would be a lot.
0: Um, the question, though, we kind <clears> of <throat> just talked about, I, I think that they could take three
1: receivers. Um, three receivers, but that third receiver has to give you some additional value. Yep. And he can't just be a pure receiver has to give you some return value, or he's a bit of a hybrid. He's a Lynn Bowden. He's an Antonio Gibson. He's one of these guys that, that has multi-positional versatility.
0: And I think if, if you go three receivers, the most likely route that the Broncos would take um, with this roster is keeping that offensive line uh, number steady, probably carry that same eight linemen maybe nine linemen that you typically do. Um, yeah. But then the difference is you probably only keep three running backs, um, like Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsey Royce, Freeman maybe. Um, and then at receiver, you keep um, your, your two picks at receiver, say like whatever it is, Jerry Judy and Van Jefferson or something. Um, then you have Cortland Sutton, you have uh, Tim Patrick, and then you have your gadget guys, your fifth, and then probably Deshaun Hamilton. And then do you keep Deontay Spencer yeah. as like a second gadget guy? And then you have like five true receivers?
1: I mean, that third receiver would be in competition with one of those guys, for sure. I,
0: yeah, and I think you're probably, probably Spencer. In, Exactly, with Deontay yeah. Spencer. And, you know, I, I think that there should be competition for Deontay Spencer. I think he's flashed a bunch of traits that we like, um, but at some point you have to turn into a... Football player, if you're going to turn to a football player, can he be a a real gadget player on offense or does he not quite have that skill set? So bring in somebody to push him. Um, I like it. Uh, Next question is Count Locula. Awesome. Who says, gents, I love thinking about our offensive personality with Vizca as in the picture you painted in the last pod. Describe in your mind, the differences in personality the team would take in the following draft scenarios. Judy Pert is the first. The second is Rugs Biotish. The third is Lamb Cushionberry. Fourth is Andrew Thomas Michael Pittman. The fifth is Jedrick Wills KJ Hill. Thanks, boys. That last pod was an instant classic. A banger, as the kids say. Love the count. Okay, this is an interesting one. Yeah. Like, how it shapes the team. Um, so, Judy Pert. Um, I think that you're starting to look at maybe so a more...
1: No. you're playing right into the Shermer identity with that right with yep. judy being able to give you more spacing more route running yep. versatility um opens up things for the bigger the bigger guys who have the deep speed but lack that quickness to get open he and fills almost those spaces they can
0: and it almost has a like 2015 vibe to it and the way like the offenses were run there, kind of like how the Broncos offense with Peyton Manning, I guess that was kind of late Peyton Manning, but before that was kind of like run very spread out, um, very downfield. Um, I, I picture like Aaron Rodgers running that type of just everybody running good rounds, running patterns and getting open. Right. And it's all just like that space type stuff. Um, spread that no. field, get guys open. I, th- I think Jerry Judy would be great.
1: That identity then is needed because Pert is going to be another kind of question mark developmental offensive tackle. Yep. Um, if you're starting him this year, you're kind of going to be in trouble. It probably means you're already starting Elijah Wilkinson, and now you have to start Pert on top of that. Another developmental kind of question mark. We've seen a lot of those in Denver um, yep. through the years with trying to fill that void with Bullsman, Menelik Watson, Juwan James, and the list goes on rugs beatage so the speed much more of a boomer bust type of offense yep. like we can hit you with big plays with everyone we also might struggle to get 3 yards um on mm-hmm. some drives
0: i um, think i think that uh, you're looking at an offense where you're running a lot out of shotgun mm-hmm. um a lot of like yep. spread yep. things down the field yep. um you aren't necessarily putting fullbacks out there and trying to pound things it's more let's just run this inside zone and one there's going to be a hole up here take it and there's right. going to
1: be some space and it's a lot of three receiver which is really more like four receiver because we're flexing mm-hmm. fan out we might do trips to one side and then you flex Fant out to the other side as the that only wide receiver mm-hmm. opens that up. Biadash gives you a bit more of an identity on that O-line. Um, you know, sound with the snap uh, can be kind of a grinder there up front. And his deficiencies in pass pro or lateral movement will kind of be uh masqueraded by those two guards next to
0: yeah. Uh, next is Lam Cushenberry. I th- I think that this is where you could see a little bit more of like the power type sets. Yep. Um yep. I th- I think you're trying Holy to s- ball. you have your a little bit bigger receivers. They're going to be able to block obviously. Uh you trust them to set those edges when they're in tight. I I think that you're seeing um kind of like what the Broncos were this year. Almost like you're just upgrading the middle of your line trying to get more more room to run in there, but yeah. also upgrading your uh Tim Patrick and turning
1: him into a CD lamb. Yeah, yeah, totally. And with that O-line, all of a sudden you become pretty mobile. You could run a lot more wide zone with Cushionberry. you know, Bulls, regardless of what you think of Bulls, super athletic. Bulls, Mm -hmm. Reisner, Cushionberry, Glasgow, James. Those are some great athletes. You can play a lot of zone, a lot of wide zone, get them out in space on screens. You can do a little more of that a little more finesse run game with those dudes.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, Andrew Thomas and Michael Pittman.
1: Bully ball on top of bully ball. Yep. Um, Because Pittman's more of a bully than anyone we've talked about. Um, And Thomas is like, he he changes your identity up front Mm -hmm. because you've just got such a big guy. Um, He's going to compete and he's going to be a mauler in the run game.
0: And maybe seeing more of those stretch runs, trying to run behind Cortland Sutton, C.D. Lamb, but also behind um, Andrew Thomas. You know, maybe yeah. not 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 just dives up the middle, but trying to get the stretch plays, trying to get Melvin Gordon to the edge.
1: Yeah, those. Um, the you worry are your receivers diverse enough at that point? You do. They they might they're a little too. Can we can we get anything going? How how are we getting open to convert third and? You know.
0: yep. yeah ex- exactly that exactly that um fifth is Jedrick wills and KJ Hill
1: <laughs> again kind of like Judy we're leaning into that Pat Shermer identity mm-hmm. we can go uh, you know just 11 personnel all the time three receivers which most of the time is gonna look like four wide more than three wide um, versatile can get open what runs well on the O-line, though, your identity changes completely from, like, Cush it. With yep. Wills, you can run a lot more power. You want to put this guy on poles, get him downhill to really be kind of a tone setter um, in that sense. And, yeah.
0: All right. Um, next question, also from Count Locula, says, uh, I hate to think about this, but would a shortened season, or God forbid, a canceled season, change anything in terms of who you draft this year? Love the count. That's an interesting one.
1: Yeah, let's think this through. So there'd be a couple scenarios here. One is none of the contracts get paid. So basically, like, Melvin Gordon still has two years on his contract, Mm -hmm. and Drew Locke still has three on his rookie contract, and Phil Lindsay's still under control for another two years, so on and so forth. But you have a second draft. Yep, it's a forgotten season. You, you still have the 2021 draft with guys like Penny Sewell, Trevor Lawrence, all these dudes, right? Maybe it's just three rounds. They do what the MLB draft is planning on, where instead of 30 rounds, it's just five rounds. Um, and this could be just three rounds, just two rounds, or what have you. Um, and then if that's the case, if you're planning ahead for that, that means in 2020, we don't care about need. Yeah. Like, we couldn't care less about need because we're just we have got a second draft right around the corner. Yep. The other scenario is it's just a lost season and guys like Jarrell Casey, A.J. Bouillet, Von Miller, Juan J you know, like the vets on the team are just a year older. Yep. You're never gonna get that year back, and you need to start thinking of, okay, well. Uh, we just lost a year of Vaughn's prime. We just lost a year of Gerald Casey's prime. Do we start to think of long-term replacements for that um, and change your draft strategy that way? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess those would be the two scenarios. I, yeah, I think.
0: and I think what's most likely would be that um, all the contracts, I, I, like maybe there's some payout for them, but this year just doesn't count toward your contract. Um, yeah, right. And so, and so I think that that's what's most likely. So if we're imagining that, say, Goodell says today or tomorrow that uh, there will be no 2020 NFL season, I'm going into this draft saying we're going to patch up whatever needs we can patch, but we know there's going to be a second draft. There's going to be no free agency. Um, right. So we get another try. Also, there's likely no college football season in this scenario. So you're kind of guessing in this second draft even more than you are in this first draft. Sure. So I'd probably still focus a little bit on need, but also you know we're talking about the tackles. You have a year to put some weight on some guys if you want to. Yeah. You you have a year to teach somebody your system, all this kind of stuff. Get them coached up. And that's an
1: interesting one, though. Does that? does that make you shy away from taking boom or bust like developmental prospects? Yeah. As if the season's canceled, you assume maybe your coaches can't work with them all year. That's true. Or and then you have to value higher character guys. You don't want someone who's going to, you know, a, a year off, they can't handle it. They can't take care of themselves and God knows what kind of trouble they get themselves. in.
0: Yeah. Or, you know next year you know that every pick you make is going to be risky because you have no information from this whole season. Right. So do you take safe guys this year so you aren't just full of right. risky prospects?
1: Could be. Uh, at the end of the line at the end of the day though just like us they'd be speculating because mm-hmm. the draft's happening in less than 20 days here.
0: Ah, uh, isn't that crazy? So,
1: yeah, it's great.
0: I'm so, so excited.
1: Just like us, they have no way of knowing. They just got to go about their business and try to execute the best 2020 draft with the information they have.
0: Awesome. Uh, Next question, Elway for Prez says, there's been a lot of talk about doubling up on receivers in rounds one and two. What about doing the same with offensive line, specifically with the tackles? Given the depth of the receiver class and the fact we routinely see impact receivers surface from the mid-rounds, why not draft locks bookends for years to come, thus allowing us to move on from James and Bowles after 2020, which would really help with the cap. One of the top four tackles paired with Wilson or Cleveland or another high upside tackle in round two. Sign me up for building through the trenches. This seems like the ideal time to do so what say you
1: not a bad class to do it at all um i'm trying to think didn't the i believe the falcons basically did the same exact thing last year in their draft with a uh, you know just doubling up on on or i guess it was the o line they um they took the center from bc or the interior mm-hmm. lineman lindstrom and then the tackle um from Washington, who I think, Caleb McGarry, who I think, uh, okay, you yeah, yeah. He went in round one. There's about 10 guys this year I'd take over him, huh. which just goes to show you how strong this tackle class is and why you might want to take advantage of that because having two tackles under cost-controlled contracts for five years, I guess one under for four, one for five, yep. um, it's not a terrible proposition.
0: No, um, I wouldn't mind taking tackles in rounds one and two. Um, I think if I had the option, I would probably take receivers in one and two over tackles in one and two. Um, I think that it ha- the board has to fall a pretty specific way, though. I think that right. at 15, you have to have all three of your top receivers off the board, and then yeah. one of the tackles falls. You take yep. the tackle there, and then you know there's already the run of receivers at the beginning of the first round. That run continues. You don't really like your... Uh, options at receiver at the top of round two or toward the middle of round two or the Broncos pick. And right. so you say, Hey, Ezra Cleveland is still here. How do you pass up on that value? And and then I don't mind it. Um, but on the other hand, when you look at it, um, the idea of pairing a Jerry Judy and if, you know, if LaVisca Chenault is there, then all of a sudden you have the potential to have two of the top four talents at receiver in this class. You have your receivers, all of your playmakers for Drew Locke, um, I mean, assuming you re-sign Cortland Sutton with his deal's up, I mean, it's pretty easy to see those three being in Denver for four years. And then you don't even have to worry about that. You have so much time to just keep building that offensive line, finding more talent. Um,
1: I'd like to really see them take advantage of both classes. Yeah, you know, It's a yep. great tackle class. It's a great receiver class. Let's try to address both. Uh, doubling up isn't an, uh, a bad idea. It's an interesting idea, but yeah, I mean, I'd be more in tune with doubling up on tackle in rounds one and four, or even two and three. You know. Yep. Or Um, two and four, even one and two. Boy, that's aggressive. It is aggressive,
0: especially when you. I guess you don't building
1: through the trenches. It's not a bad idea. No, the the cost savings could be huge.
0: And I, I think that what I would like better is just drafting another tackle next year. You know, I mean, yeah. I know there, there, there probably won't be as great of prospects, but maybe there is. And if the Broncos, if they hit on everything else, they get their two receivers, that so they don't have to worry about receivers anymore. Um, they find a couple of defensive guys they like. Um, then they can go in there and say, "Well, now we're right back with say Juwan James and whatever tackle they draft. Right. Let's draft right. another tackle. Or if they lose Juwan James, they can get a tackle. I mean, I know we just said you don't want to be out." tackles going into free agency but it you know that they could play with that a little bit like they'll already have at least one cheap cost-controlled tackle Um, yeah whereas receiver they need somebody who can play yesterday yeah for sure yeah um let's move on to the next question which comes in from minnesota Minnesota Paul. paul Who says? Hey, Draft pod fellas! It gets me so excited to hear you guys give a raving endorsement of the Broncos drafting Ben Barch. I went to school at St. John's as well. Ben's first year at SJU was my senior year, and we were on the track team together. Oh wow! Minnesota Paul is a That's better crazy. athlete than either of us. Um, I'd be absolutely... Ben Barch
1: could run track. Oh yeah, I, like I, for he must have thrown. Prospect. He must have been a thrower, right? Oh, I, I mean, could I you guess, imagine him like running yeah. the hurdles? Right, we were on the track team together, not we ran track together. Okay, 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 makes sense, okay.
0: I don't know, I kind of like imagining him as a sprinter better.
1: I mean, um, we, could, we could easily do
0: that. Yep, let's do that. Um, a draft question that has been filling my mind is, how about a potential trade-up with the Cardinals? Most mocks have them interested in tackle yep. at pick eight, but with a quick quarterback in Kyler Murray and division opponents like the 49ers and Seahawks who'd love to run the ball 25 to 30 times every game, Seems more crucial for them to invest in the D line. My thought is they'll stay at eight, hoping Derek Brown falls. If he yeah. doesn't, perhaps they'd like to trade back to fifteen and go for Kinlaw. Uh, would you be interested in trading up to pick eight, given the fact it probably cost us pick fifteen, a third, and a fourth? If so, who would you grab or be hoping to grab at eight? Thanks for all the great work you guys do.
1: <sighs> yeah, yeah, so we
0: talked about this. You a little. Thanking us first of all, um, Big time. and we did talk about this.
1: But uh, so. I think it's going to cost more than a third and a fourth. It's going to cost at least two thirds.
0: Two thirds or a second, probably.
1: Yes. And that's what worries me, right? The scenario we had was it was it was pick 46 that they gave out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think <sighs> that... The other thing is, the card's got to be careful here because moving down to 15 doesn't guarantee him Brown. It doesn't guarantee him Kim. No,
0: but I, I think that that's a team with so many needs that
1: I on
0: stockpiling basis. assets would be my number one priority. You know, maybe they can grab a oh, tackle yeah. at some point because they should probably get some help on the offensive line. Yeah, yeah. A, a defensive line would obviously help, but every position at defense is kind of a need. Um, and so if they have the opportunity to just get more top 100 picks and start trying guys out for those roles, I think that should be the move. Um, but, um, from the Broncos' perspective, I don't like it. I, I don't... I, again, there's there's depth no, at receiver. Um, it, it isn't ideal if you have to rely on that second-round, third-round, fourth-round depth, in my opinion, but it isn't as bad of a scenario as you put yourself in if you give up two top 100 picks to go get Henry
1: Ruggs. Yeah, I mean, for a third and a fourth... I guess I'd do it. For two-thirds, I mean, I don't really want to do it, but I can justify it, and you're going to still have a good draft. For a second, I say no. The other Mm -hmm. thing is, if you told me it was for CeeDee Lamb or Judy instead of Ruggs, I'm kind of more open to it. The problem is, if all the rumors are true and Ruggs is their guy, nothing against rugs that just seems like a lot yep
0: yep you know i i just i like jerry judy the best out of the class i think if he were the guy they were trading up for you know a third and a fourth i'd definitely be considering it um and i kind of be looking at how things are falling up to that point you know where are we sitting at eight is there is isaiah simmons still falling is a Derek brown still falling and if that's right. the case then maybe you're saying hey those two guys are definitely going to be going in these next few picks. Maybe we still miss out on all these receivers, but it's not worth giving up three and four to get rid of that risk. Um, I I just generally don't like trading up. I'd take one of the tackles, too. You'd be tempted, for sure. I I don't really like any scenario that involves trading up. I say if you don't get one of those, whatever it is, 12 guys that we really like, um, then you trade down and then you trade back up and get a second second round pick maybe um or maybe a third if you trade all the way down no, a second i don't know but but those top 100 picks are just too valuable especially in this draft i think to be trading up
1: agreed agreed the count responded to that and said very interesting that's about it
0: he had a good point it was interesting um yeah, i think that it. that's all we have for today it is uh, we'll be recording again, probably on Tuesday though. And so get your questions in before then, if you guys have any, uh, leave them in the comment section on the post for today's show at thednvr.com. Great. And I'll get to those. Then, um, we're going to start digging into position groups. Now we're doing our last final talk through, I think Tuesday is going to be front seven defensive guys. Is that right? Or maybe Perfect. it's just defensive line. I think it's interior yeah, defensive line, DNs, edge rushers. Um, Kind of like for the last time.
1: Yep. These two talking through as a whole. Final grades, final talks on these prospects.
0: We're so close.
1: I know. Crazy.
0: All right. We'll see you guys on Tuesday.